The Bearcats quarterback battle is a unique one because of this. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It is Friday, it's August 5th, and we're glad you're with us. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day on Lockdown Bearcats, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, up to 389 subscribers and counting. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, The quarterback battle is unique, and we touched on this from so many angles, but it's so unique because of this. Because the guy who I think is going to win the starting job has a short leash, and that's Ben Bryant. It's unique because he's your most experienced guy, the guy who's going to start week one at Arkansas. I think we can conclude that that is what's going to happen. Even though you read and you hear that the quarterback battle is, as Luke Fickle says, in quote, a dead heat, end quote. That means there's really no separation. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to go with your most experienced guy, and that's fine. And yet, it feels like as soon as something goes wrong with Ben Bryant, he's done. As I said earlier this week, if it's 17-3 to in the second quarter, if it's 17-3 to in in the second quarter early, it would not shock me if the Bearcats yanked Bryant for Evan Prater. But I think Ben Bryan is going to start. I wonder how he feels about this. How would you feel if you were in Ben Bryan's shoes? And I know I have, you know, been touting for Evan Prater. I have been campaigning for him to be the starter. But how how would you feel if you transferred back to the school that you were previously at, knowing you're competing against a popular recruit, And if you screw up, you're done. This is not to say, and by the way, if you haven't heard it yet, go listen to Luke Fickle's interview guest appearance on Barstool Sports, pardon my take, fantastic interview. And I'm listening to that interview earlier this week, and Luke Fickle talked about how on Friday nights or whenever the Mac played, Maction, the Bearcats would sit around and they would watch Ben Bryan play. So it's not like these guys don't like Ben Bryan. It's not like these guys don't want him to be the starter. I mean, Trey Tucker has come out and said he's cool with whoever starts. I mean, he likes both of them. So there's not a wrong decision that can be made here. It can go wrong eventually. But how would you feel if you were in Ben Bryant's shoes? Like, there's a lot of pressure on this guy. There's a lot of pressure on him because when he was here, fans loved him because that was when Ritter was struggling for most of the time he was here, and they were clamoring for him to start. Well, now he's expected to win the job. And he's expected to keep this offense afloat. He's expected to keep this offense at where it was last year and they can win 10 games. So what does Ben Bryan have to do to feel like he's not going to lose the job? Because to me, like, I wonder this. Remember the end of 2019? Ben Bryan starts against Memphis, and that was a great decision to start him because Ritter was physically unable to play that week. So Ben Bryan doesn't have a bad game 
and Memphis throws for a touchdown, rushes for a touchdown, did throw two picks. But it's not like it was a bad game. But I wonder if he had done more. What if the Bearcats had won at Memphis? What if they would have gotten the win? And what if Ben Bryant started the next week against Memphis in the championship game? Like, what if? It it definitely would have been interesting. But did he have to... But if he had done more, would he have started the championship game that year? What does he have to do this year to feel like he's not going to lose the job? Does he have to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns at Arkansas? Does he have to throw for, um, I don't know, five touchdowns a game? Like, it feels like he has to do something more than... Um, it feels like he has to do something more than what Evan Prater has to do. Because he's been here before, he's experienced, and there's pressure on him. He's been a college football starting quarterback before. It feels like he Ben Bryant's a quarter away. Heck, maybe even one drive away from being in the worst spot. He could lose this starting job in practice. Like, it could happen. And that's how close this is to being Evan Prater's job. Imagine being in his shoes. I wouldn't like that. I would not feel good. I would not feel comfortable being in his shoes. I would not. So in a way, I know I've been kind of, you know, been, again, hardcore for Evan Prater. And I've kind of just been pouring cold water on Ben Bryant. But in a way, I do feel bad for him. Because that is a tough position to be in. It really is. Coming up, though, why Evan Prater is the real winner in all of this. I'll explain after a word from betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, heck, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So Evan Prater is the real winner in all this. Because there's no pressure. You know the fans love him. He's got untapped potential. He's a Cincinnati kid. He's not expected to start. And he can take his time being great. Evan Prater has been a backup quarterback for two years. Like, I understand that maybe there should be pressure on him being a hometown kid and four stars and this high-profile recruit come in, highest in Bearcats history. But unlike Ben Bryant, Evan Prater's got time on his side. Yeah, he's only got three years of eligibility left, or maybe four, but I think it's three. But there's no pressure on him. There's more pressure on the guy who's been here and has experience and should start versus a guy who has never played, who has never started a college football game. But he played behind Desmond Ritter when there was no quarterback competition. So it's not like Evan Prater 
Okay. It's not like Evan Prater, like he was in 2020, was playing behind a quarterback competition. So he saw Desmond Ritter at his absolute best. And I know you're going to say, or you might say, well, doesn't playing matter more? And it should. But what matters to me is you learned a lot from the third winningest quarterback in college football history. That's why he's the real winner in all this. Because if he, if he does win the battle in camp, great. And then you know this is a three-year developmental project that you're taking on. He doesn't have to be great week one at Arkansas. He doesn't have to be great until maybe the end of the season. He can afford to take a lump at SMU and, and UCF. A, a, a good question is this. Would you settle for a t- no, 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 let me say settle. But if Cincinnati went 10-2, and two, went to some crappy bowl game, which is not going to happen, it better not. But if Cincinnati went 10-2, and two, went to some, I don't know, maybe the military bowl, which is a better bowl game than, you know, a lot of other bowl games. But if Cincinnati did that, and, but Evan Prater improved throughout the season, and you knew he was going to be great going into the Big 12. What would you say to that? What would you say to that? I I would take that. Now, I would take more conference championship in the New Year's Six Bowl. But the fact that Evan Prater can afford to win the job, take his time becoming great like Desmond Ritter, because this team is not expected to be great. It'd be a lot different if there was a quarterback battle last year and your decision would impact your chances of making the college football playoff. That's different. But this is a situation where you don't have to get it you don't have to get it right right away. Evan Prater is the real winner because there's no pressure on him. He doesn't have to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns at Arkansas to keep the starting job. I don't think at least. Because he's young. And if he does have a bad game, if I'm Luke Fickle and the coaching staff, I'm not going to yank him out of the game. That hurts his confidence. So if you are going to make him the starter, which I'd be all in for, that means you're committing him to multiple games. Preferably half the season at least, if not seven, or, or a full season, sorry. If you, st- if you say Evan Prayer is your starting quarterback, you have to have a longer leash for him. If, you're be- if you say it's Ben Bryant, and that's fine too, there's a shorter leash. Why? Because you know he has a ceiling. Maybe the coaches don't know that. We do. Because I've seen it. And if you can't throw, as you heard John Garcia Jr. on yesterday's show, the Mac, they've gone to a spread offense. If you can't throw for more than 3,121 3, yards, 14 touchdowns, and seven picks in one season, are you really that good of a starting quarterback? Are you really that good? Because you're now coming to the American Athletic Conference. And Ben Bryant, God bless him for that start against Memphis. Ben Bryant's never started a full season's worth in the American Athletic Conference. 
He's never started a championship game. He's never started a game that's been on national television. Actually, yes, he has, my bad. But week in and week out, it's one thing to start on, you know, short notice. It's one thing when teams don't have tape on you. Teams do. Now, they do. And they know that he didn't play that well at Eastern Michigan. They went 7-6. and six. Not great. Evan Prater learned under Desmond Ritter. Evan Prater has never been a part of a regular season loss in his time with Cincinnati. Think about that for a minute. The only two losses he has been a part of are the Peach Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. That is strong to say. Ben Bryant can't say that. Ben Bryant has been through some seasons where the Bearcats got blown out in several games. So, there is real um, a feeling that Evan Prater is the true winner in all this. Why? Because I think his path will prepare him the most. Sure, you can go play for one season in Eastern Michigan and start. But if you can't put up better numbers than what Ben Bryant did, 14 touchdowns again with a spread option, the Mac is usual is utilizing spread options. And Ben Bryant can only can only throw for 14 touchdowns and just over 3,000 yards in 13 games. Um if you want to know the average, 13 games. 13 game average. That's 240 yards per game. Not bad, but that's probably not going to win games in the American Athletic Conference consistently and dominantly. Contrast that with Desmond Ritter, who last year, no doubt his best season. Um, I can find his college stats, which should be able to. So Desmond Ritter in 2021, 3,334 yards passing in 14 games. It's an average of 238 point. Well, I guess I just kind of disproved my point. All right. But take away, um, where's this game log? If you take away the Cotton Bowl, which he didn't throw for very many yards. Threw for 144. Had, let's see, one, two games throwing for under 200 yards. If you take away his Cotton Bowl performance, which he only threw for 144, he only threw for 140 against UCF. By the way, some of the games didn't even play the whole game. So take away his 100-yard games. And that average has probably increased. Heck, if you just take away, um, if you take away his Cotton Bowl performance, if you take away his Cotton Bowl performance, he's up to two forty-five point four. If you take away the championship game, the conference championship game against Houston, he's up to two fifty. 250 per game. 
I'd much rather have that than Ben Bryant's 240. That's 10 yards. That's a first down more per game. And in this league, I'm not saying Ben Bryant's a bad quarterback. But what I am saying is, Evan Prater's the real winner in all this. If Because Ben Bryant started for a season, but couldn't even take advantage of playing in a spread option. Evan Prater learned behind the third winningest quarterback in history in college football. Up next, though, there is a situation that would doom the Bearcats and the quarterback situation. I'll get into it after a word from Coldwell Banker Heritage and Prime Lending. The Locked On Cincinnati Bearcats podcast is supported in part by Debbie Weckstein Frank, a realtor with Coldwell Banker Heritage, and Steve Maloney, a lender with Prime Lending. If you're looking for a new home in the Cincinnati and Dayton area because you want to come to the area with the hottest team in college football, which, of course, is the Cincinnati Bearcats, well, I've got the personal real estate team to help you. Debbie specializes in both the Dayton and Cincinnati areas and is a longtime Miami Valley resident who has helped hundreds of people all over the country find and close on their dream home. Steve, also a longtime Miami Valley resident, specializes in purchases and refinances in over 40 states. Heck, 700 WIW can't even reach that many states. Debbie and Steve are available when you need them most, even during a Bearcats game, even on evenings and weekends. Heck, even when you are making split-second decisions like Desmond Ritter in the pocket, let them help you get your offer to the top of the list. Take the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a wide-open professional real estate team with a track record of success. Call Debbie right now at 937-672-3942. That's 937-672-3942 for more information or... Visit TeamWeck.com. That's T-E-A-M-W-E-C-K.com. Debbie and Steve will help you close on your dream home today. Go Bearcats. So imagine what if Evan Prater struggles? That could be in fall camp. It could be his first start. It really could be at any point. Then you've got a problem, I think. Because... You know Ben Bryant has a ceiling. At least we do. Maybe the coaching staff doesn't again. But it might be a problem for this season. It might be. Because you have a quarterback with a ceiling, and you have a quarterback who's struggling. So who are you going to start? You can play multiple quarterbacks to keep defenses on their toes. But you've got to know going into the Big 12 who you want to start. Whoever's playing this, whoever's playing the best this season, whoever's playing the best in fall camp, whoever's playing the best beginning, middle, and end of the season, that's the guy I want to start. But going forward, Prater should be your guy. And if he's not, that's a problem. The whole point of this is, the whole point of this quarterback battle is that the winner is someone who's going to keep the ship afloat this season offensively. Excuse me. And when Cincinnati goes to the Big 12, they need to be the leader. That's the, that is the real winner in all of this. Okay? I feel like the point of this is that Prater is this guy that goes into the Big 12 as a starting quarterback. Right? You're going to a Power 5 conference. You want the big name. You want the big recruit. You want the big commodity on campus. The guy with the big hair. You want the guy with the biggest game. You want that guy to be your starter. 
There are variables in the way of that happening, though. If Prater struggles, if Ben Bryant, you know, ascends, you know, maybe we aren't seeing that Ben Bryant actually has a rapid ascension this year. That is a key, a key thing with this quarterback battle. I want whoever's playing the best to be the starter week in and week out. Period. I don't care if, it's, if that's Brian or Prater. I want the guy to be, who's playing the best, to be the starter. Okay? That's what I want. But I feel like this has the potential to be a story where Evan Prater beats out Ben Bryan in fall camp, which I think will be a much better story for this podcast, for anybody else who covers the Bearcats, to write about. And when we re- and when we revisit this at the end of the season, when we revisit this in the offseason and leading up to next football season in the Big 12, I want it to be, yes, Evan Prater beat out Ben Bryant and the Bearcats were playing like a Power 5 team earlier, one by one year, than when they were supposed to be. That's going to wrap it up for this week here on Lockdown Bearcats. We're going to start things off next week with talking about the plan for Evan Prater, or at least what my plan for him is. Plus, we'll have John Garcia Jr. back on the show, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. We'll talk about Corey Kiner, what his role, Corey Kiner and what his role might be for this season. We'll talk about the uh, linebackers. Can you have too much talent? Is that a bad thing? That's a good question. We'll, of course, also switch gears, talk some hardwood with Jason Jordan, Director of Basketball Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. We are 29 days away from kickoff in Fayetteville. As always, don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now, get more on the Big 12. By making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen, everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12, make it your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. Have a great and safe weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day.